You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarlane. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name is Steve Bowes, and I'm joined with, of course, Trish McFarland. Trish, how are you? I'm good. How are you? It is great. Yeah, I'm great. It's exciting. It's almost a long weekend here in the U.S. I'm excited about that. Uh, I know you are, too, so that's good. I am. I'm going to Florida for the weekend, so Labor Day holiday. Lucky right? you. So I have not really had a, a real vacation this whole year, uh, this summer. So I'm definitely going to try and get. Yeah, I mean, speaking, I should probably go run. I should after the show we were done recording, Trish. I should run out and check my mailbox because I it didn't see the invitation for that yet. But it's, pro, it's probably in the mailbox today. So I'm gonna I'll check that after the show. So uh, oh, awesome. to go to Florida? Yeah, With, no, ch- I will try. No, not this one. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> What's that? We go ahead. I said you'll survive. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. Uh, let's uh, hey, let's thank our sponsor, Virgin Pulse. Of course, www.virginpulse.com. I wanted to make a quick announcement. Next week, uh, September sixth, I'll be doing a webinar on something we did a show about, Trish, the business value of employee well-being. We did that show a few uh, weeks back with the friends at Virgin Pulse. Yeah, we're spinning that out into a webinar, which I'll be co-presenting with uh, our friends from Virgin Pulse next week. Uh, On my blog, I actually posted about that, and you can read more about that, sign up, uh, and hope to catch some of the HR Happy Hour listeners out out there. Uh, Trisha, if you I can't wait to hear it. I'll definitely listen in. I think that'll be very, very good. It's going to be super exciting. So, um yeah, so thanks for them. And last thing, HR Tech, uh, early bird discount ends next week. Use my code Steve200 for your discount, and you know how to do that. We've been talking about that for months, so hrtechconference.com. So uh, that's the just quick updates for me. Uh, Trish, do you have anything real quick before we dive into today's topic? No, but I just wanted to add that um, I think, you know, it's been really stressful a couple weeks. I mean, just work, personal, I've got a lot going on, had some, some family medical issues and whatnot that I've been dealing with, and so... Um, I'm definitely going to be going out to Virgin Pulse website and looking. They always put really cool resources out there to, to help deal with some of these things. So that's sort of on my agenda for, for my um, pool time this weekend is to go through some of those well-being resources for real and have that maybe point me in, into a refreshed direction. Yeah, of, of yeah. Thing yeah for real. Yeah. So, it is an important weekend, and kind of what we wanted to talk about today was Labor Day, Labor Day weekend, and work a little bit. And Labor Day kind of is important, right? Because it's it's the last kind of long holiday before the fall season kicks off, and for most people, most many workplaces anyway, right? That's busy, busy times. One more, you know, heading into the fourth quarter. There's also lots of change in terms of uh, school starting up again, maybe for folks, or if it hasn't already, like here where I live, it hasn't started yet for, for the school age kids. Uh, it starts right after Labor Day. And um, it, we kind of feel like the, August is such a slow time uh, often in many workplaces. And so it's kind of your last br- big breather, right? Your last three days to kind of take a deep breath and relax before the charge to- towards the end of the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Labor Day, Trish, just real quick, 
What year was Labor Day uh, became a federal holiday in the United States? Do you know? Take a guess. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I don't know. So let me think. Okay. Um, 1946. Uh, not too close. So it became. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I try. If you were close, I was going to give you the better of the doubt. So well, that was pretty close, but that that was that was not super okay. close. It was. Uh, 1915. I don't know. Yeah, 1915. You're in the right direction. It became a federal <laughs> holiday in 1894. So that's a little bit earlier than than I knew, and it kind of uh, was a byproduct of a lot of kind of organized labor kind of movements and in. in, in demonstrations and, and recognition. So there's a long history of it. You can read it on Wikipedia, which I just did five minutes before we started recording. But yeah, 18, 1894 is a lot longer uh, than I thought ago. And we're, we thought today, I thought it'd be funny anyway, at least I did. And we'll see if it turns out to be funny uh, for a quick Labor Day show leading into the weekend to give some folks some fun listening while they're at the beach or at the pool, as, as you will be, Trish. Um, let's talk about work. Let's talk about our work lives. We've been working for a while. Some, you know, I've been working for a few years. I've been out there, been out there getting it, getting it done. You've been 15 plus years, right? Isn't that your, for always yes. being over 15 just becomes 15 plus 15 plus, right? For folks who don't know the reference, I always say when you're doing a bio or doing maybe, I don't know, a resume or something or LinkedIn headline, once you have 15 years of experience in whatever it is, stop incrementing the individual year. So like if you have like four years experience in marketing, it's okay to say four years experience in marketing or, or seven years experience in accounting. Once you get to 15, I think you're, you're better off just going 15 plus or over 15 and, and stop incrementing the years of experience one at a time. I, I think that's a bad look. That's just how I feel about it. I don't know. I, we could talk about that later, but yeah, I don't know. But we'll, we'll, go, with, we'll go with that for today's purposes. So I have, I have 15 plus years experience, Trish. And, <laughs> I do as well. <laughs> so we thought we would have fun, some fun today just talking about our experiences at work. And then maybe at the end, we'll talk a little bit about some thoughts about the future of work. And mainly because we both have young kids or youngish kids, teenage kids. And, and I do sometimes think about what the workplace and work will be like uh, for, for my son and for, for kids his age and kids your kids' age, Trish, as, as they move forward. So maybe we talk about that a little bit at the end. So... Um, I just had a list of things here, Trish. I'm going to just fire them at you first. I'm going to go to you first, and then I'll, I'll fire back with kind of my thoughts, okay? And this is okay. in no particular yeah. order. And I don't know what the questions are, so I feel like I'm being interviewed. This they're is great. They're not even really questions. They're more oh, okay. just – they're kind of questions. So let's start <laughs> okay. with – let's start Let's start with, in, in your work history, what would you say not, – not naming names maybe. We're not going to throw any, any individuals under the bus unless they need to oh, be thrown. I'll throw them under the bus. No, what are right. the <laughs> That's up to you. It's up to you. Let's start with what would you say, Trish, was the worst job you ever had? Oh, gosh, the worst job? Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. So can it be a portion of a job? It can be, I'm, right, because that's kind of my answer too. But, yeah, so my first real job out of college was was actually a good job. It was working at Manpower. Um, if people aren't familiar, you know, Manpower International for providing temporary services and long-term temporaries, that sort of thing, right? So I took the job because I wanted to get into human resources, and I thought this will be a great way to interview as many people as possible, you know, and learn how to do it. And it, it was. For all of that, it was good. Um, it was a good job also in that I, you know, had moved up pretty quickly over the first couple of years into where I was running my own office, okay. um, my own location of manpower, which was actually out near the St. Louis airport. So I did a lot of industrial temporaries and uh, probably about 80 percent industrial, which was also good because it was like a field trip every day, getting to go to Nabisco or GE or different places and really see how 
how are the light bulbs made? How are the egg beaters made? Right. Mm -hmm. So I loved all this. What I hated was, and I guess this is more of a sales part of the job was that, you know, I was also responsible for bringing in new business, which I like, I can do that. But part of it was bringing trinkets around to companies like industrial companies in the area that I covered. And it would be like the stupidest things. It would be like, you know, little mind puzzles and um, (laughs) plastic. I mean, imagine going to, you know, on the conference circuit, we see all sorts of stuff, you know, at least you're giving away like phone chargers and, and, you know, I don't know, battery packs and things back then it was truly just like really random, brightly colored dust trinkets. So I hope they don't do that anymore, but it was mortifying because I'd have to walk in like all serious in a suit and everything with my little manpower bag of, (laughs) of these cheesy trinkets and like use that to hopefully get business. So I think I've, I learned a lot from doing that, but man, I hated it. It was awful. What about you? What was your kind of? So I'll, I'll, I'll go deeper into the, into the well on this one. This is more of a summer college kind of job. I worked one summer in a warehouse you know, just distribution center for grocery stores, but not just your ordinary warehouse. This was a warehouse that distributed the perishable items. So inside the warehouse, it was kept at a nice balmy 38 degrees uh, Fahrenheit the entire time. (laughs) So imagine like a warehouse the size of who, who, you know, a giant Best Buy or a Home Depot, probably, probably bigger than that even, several of those strung together. That was 38 degrees the entire time in the middle of summer. And, uh, and then the second, the back part of the warehouse was the freezer, which was, you know, 10 degrees, probably whatever, whatever you keep a freezer at zero. I don't even know. I should know that. I spent a lot of time in that freezer and, uh, having to work eight, 10 hours at a time, sort of organizing products and shipments and just, yeah, it was kind of a manual job. I mean, but just freezing the whole time, just dying, you know, then you'd go outside on your break and it'd be 85 degrees and sunny and you'd have to walk into that for 10 or 12 minutes and then, then back into the freezer. That was probably my worst, uh, Worst job ever. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, and there were folks there who did that for a very long time too. I, I, I couldn't handle it for more than about four months. That was probably probably the worst job. Not much to take from that either. No real life lessons either other than no – other than not doing it, maybe? Other than I don't want to do this for, for too much longer. Yeah. But uh, it paid fairly well, actually. So um, uh, that was it. So let, let, Yeah, yeah. So that was probably my worst. How about this one, Trish? Uh, the, the obvious choice is best job. We'll go to best job a little later. How about the strangest job you ever had? What was the one job you'd look back and say, boy, that was kind of strange or it was weird? Or when I tell people I did that, they, they get kind of surprised. Um, okay, so for me <laughs> – I don't know. It's maybe strange for me. It was, um, I was an accounting auditor for Six Flags. So Six Flags over mid-America. I was hired to work on the parking lot, which is really, really exciting. And I showed up and I didn't know that's what I was hired to work. I just knew I was working in admissions. Okay. Okay. So a lot of things fell in. And I showed up on day one and went, oh, Oh no, no, I'm not going to be working on the parking lot. That's just not going to happen. Right (laughs) now. The fun part of the parking lot though, is you get to do the tram, which you can do tram talk, right? You're telling all the people in that really kind of sing songy voice about what's going to happen in their day. So I, I, you know, I did actually once in a while go jump on there just to have fun and do that. But, um, yeah, so I didn't ever make it working there, but I, I wound up starting as a ticket seller and quickly moved my way up the ranks of being an accounting auditor. And what that really meant was like showing up, and getting to be like the super sleuth for anybody that was stealing money, right? right so I would show up and audit tills of 
ticket sellers, of guest relations, of whoever was handling money, right, and do these surprise audits. Now, again, lots of times things go as they should, but mm-hmm. it was really a strange job because there were definitely times, like I, there was a, a couple times where I caught people stealing really big amounts of money, and then you'd get to, you know, I had like a walkie-talkie and I could call security and they'd come in and swoop in and like, you know, take the person. And it was it was pretty cool, actually. So it was definitely a strange job for me. Um, I was sort of like, you know, quasi-police in my own mind, but <laughs> nice. I was an investigator. But I told you, another one that, that really actually helped then working in human resources because I knew how to, you know, sort of keep secrets and investigate. Right. Um, keep the information confidential and whatnot. But anyway, it was a great, it was a great learning experience, but yeah, that was definitely a strange one for me. What's your strangest? Again, not, not, not deep here, not, not really profound, but, uh, so I was a groundskeeper for a few years, uh, back in the day, again, summer college. I can't remember the years exactly. I did this. Uh, I did a lot of groundskeeping work, but the the interesting part of this and the strange part of this is where I did the groundskeeping Trish, which was in, in a cemetery. And Ew, really? Yes, I did. I worked in a cemetery. I, I worked there four or five years in the summers. Wait, uh, groundskeeping include like digging graves? It it could include that. It didn't usually. Did it did not usually include that. I did I did participate in that a couple of times. It was uh, you were a grave digger. I, oh I, my! I, God. No, I wouldn't call it that. You know, it was a whole. <laughs> I learned a little bit about unions at that job because the, the guys who worked there full time, like the 12 month a year guys, or, or maybe it was in like 11 month a year jobs, I think in the dead of winter, it kind of shut down. But the, um, the, uh, the, there were some union things that were, like, we weren't really supposed to do that. And sometimes we made a little extra money on the side, like cash money by, you know, helping the guys do stuff we weren't really supposed to do. So I did it a couple of times to say that I did it. I, I, I the grave diggers, I think there's an, I don't know if it still is. I believe that that was the name of their union. I think they were called the grave diggers union, but the, um, that's amazing. Yeah. Really interesting place and good to be, I mean, it was strange and, and weird and just, uh, yeah, you'd see, I mean, there always, there'd be funerals, you know, every day and, and, you know, usually didn't get really too close to them, but every so often you had to part, sort of quasi participate in them, like like lowering gray, lowering coffins down, and you know, f- throwing okay. the dirt back that's on. Okay, so, that's that's really strange. Yeah, it was really crazy place. So I, but but it was close to where I lived at the time, and and you know, it was good pay. I was outside. It was like you know, summertime. So you know, so I went from I went from the freezer, like you know, went from the freezer job like before that, and said I got to be outside. And the sun so uh i guess they're both kind of strange but that was probably the strangest one i ever had and I, I do think about it from time to time i feel so boring well no you're giving like better answers though you're giving like more professional <laughs> jobs where you actually learn some things you know no, like, i think like all my jobs were pretty oddly pretty professional I'm you like, know? i didn't even talk about the mall jobs you know or like the whole underground <laughs> economy of people who worked in the mall was a whole weird scene back in the day but uh all right let's go let's try another one church how about okay. let's go Give me this is let's go positive. How about an example of one of say maybe not the very one, but one of the best say bosses or slash coworker kind of experiences you've had in your career, and, and what was you know what what makes that stick out for you, and, and how is it sort of I don't know informed how you think about being a leader yourself. Okay, so I, I've been super lucky actually. I've had lots of really really good bosses, um, maybe more than my fair share, and and I. I almost want to say it's it's sort of two, but I'm going to tell a story about about to answer the question. But so my my current boss, literally, not because she's my current boss, she's really 
the best boss. You know, I finally, it's like to, to find someone who knows you in and out and, and still likes you anyway and respects you anyway is, is really hard to find sometimes. And I think that, um, people who've listened to the show probably can tell I might be a little hard to manage from time to time. shenanigans and uh and still supports me anyway is is super cool um but i to answer your question and, and i i will name names because he's awesome and i've mentioned him before in different contexts on this show so carlos perea was the chief human resource officer for bjc healthcare which one of the largest employers in missouri and i worked for him many many years ago and i didn't he wasn't my direct boss so obviously he was you know, I reported to a VP of HR in the hospital that location ultimately that person reported to the CHRO over the 13 hospital unit. Well, the reason that I would say it's Carlos is because here's someone who, as you can tell from my description, was fairly removed from me right in my day to day. But he always he sort of had this reputation of being a little gruff. He had grown up uh, his career. Um, a good chunk of it was in GE. So just that kind of environment. Right. And um, it, it just fit perfectly with me for whatever reason we kind of clicked. And so, um, when it came time to, to try and decide, do I want to stay in, in BJC and do that job or, or spread my wings and, and be, become like at the VP level myself, it was actually Carlos who, who encouraged me to do that. He was like, you need to do this for you. And it wasn't, so it really taught me the lesson, like as a leader, if you're a good leader, you're more concerned about helping the individual. And sometimes that's not in your own organization. So just being full of that and not being afraid of that. Um, if you can't develop them any further, sometimes you need to help them spread their wings, which he did. But then he was also the one, once I did that role, cause we kept in touch and we still do, but he was that same person who, who said the, sort of in my mind, like my famous words of when I was thinking about getting out of being an HR leader, and truly going to be an analyst and doing something completely different in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, he took me to lunch and he stopped me from talking because he was asking about all of the blogging and social and presentations and writing and all the things I love to do. Then he asked me about my day job, right? And I'm telling him about the day job. And he says, why is it that you're not making money doing the things that make your eyes light up when you tell me about them? And I was just like, wow, wow. <laughs> It was like he punched me, right? It was like he could have just punched me right in the face and had the same impact. It was crazy. And so, God, just anytime you find a leader like that in your life, whether you're official boss or not, like, man, I stick to him like glue because he's still that person. <laughs> still, he still with just one sentence can give me insight into myself I just would have never seen. So, and I followed his advice as hard as that was at the time. I, I made the leap truly because he said that to me at the right time. Right. But yeah. Have you had any super impactful people yourself or I'll tell one quick story. There's a couple that come to mind, but just to kind of, you know, just to pick one. So my first project that where I sort of got out of core finance and accounting, which is what I was doing when I, when I first started my professional career and got into technology and into enterprise technology was with AT&T. I worked for at the time. And we did a project, and I've, I've probably talked about this on the show a few times, and folks who know me know I've talked about this plenty. And and uh, Trish, I just was like chatting about it recently with you, you know, not on the show, but like about our, the project I did in Saudi Arabia it was a systems implementation product 
project for AT&T in Saudi Arabia lasted about a year and a half. And the interesting thing was the boss on this project, the guy who was running the project, who was our, kind of our, you know, at least for the terms of the project, our boss, was one of those kind, kind of, it was a guy, and he was kind of a, an eccentric, but almost like a savant. Just so smart. Oh. Probably the smartest guy I've ever been around in a professional setting, at least consistently, where I could really appreciate how smart he was. And this is a long time ago, but, man, this guy just could figure stuff out, could de devise things, could throw stuff up on the whiteboard, you know, technical, non-technical. He was, he was pretty good with people, too, but, but he was also really eccentric, right? So he'd, all, like, he'd go missing, like for a day at a time, like, or he'd show up, he, he'd miss really important meetings. He just wouldn't be there. He, we couldn't get in touch with him. This is a little bit, this is pre cell phones and pre, pre being it really easy. And we were in Saudi Arabia and then we're, we were there to, to give them cell phones essentially to build the infrastructure okay. so that you could get a cell phone. So like most of the time it was just very difficult to find people without like physically, this is what we were talking about this on the flash dance show last week. Like sometimes we literally had to drive to his house to, to find him, right. To see where nice. he was, right. That was the only way to get in touch with him. And, uh, so he, but, but he was, he was real, really, really smart, but also just unreliable a little bit and kind of eccentric and, and, and maybe not the best leader, but here's the thing that was interesting. That project really, really was successful. And it was successful because the team was really, really talented. The, 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 the team that got put together was from all over the world. There was probably literally people from 15 countries on that team, uh, uh, you know, maybe 20 people total, 25 people. And some of the smartest people as well in their own domains that I ever, that I ever worked with. And we sort of were able to figure out uh, to get the best from the leader that he could provide, but also realizing, hey, this guy was not going to be able to do everything we needed him to do. And we had to figure out some of this stuff on our own. So we, we self-organized more. We kind of elected almost unofficial kind of small group leaders ourselves, even though no one told us to. Like I got put in charge of like – you know, dealing with the locals on a number of issues, whereas had, you know, the boss been involved more, he probably would have done himself, but we had to step up and do it on our own. So we learned a lot about kind of managing ourselves, leading ourselves, creating our own teams. And it was, I mean, it was a great learning experience all the way around. So he maybe wasn't the best boss I ever had, but it was probably one of the best work experiences I ever had and something I've always thought about as well in terms of you know, just empowering people to, to figure stuff out on their own, empowering them to take their own leadership positions, you know, and not waiting to be tapped on the shoulder to say, okay, you're now a leader. You're now in charge of something, right? That you can do that on your own. You can step up. Right. And uh, it was a really great project. And I, I, I think about it all the time. See, and that's the kind of stuff I think too, he probably has no idea the impact that that had on, on the way that you're working now, I yeah, would imagine. Maybe that's the sign of a of a great leader is when they really just don't it's not intentional, right? It's sort of the things that they say or the, the things that they do or guide you to do, maybe maybe there isn't as much planning and thought into it, but it <laughs> I don't know. So I guess what I'm saying is that leaves hope for me. Maybe, you know, if I'm impacting someone, sometimes it's in ways I'm not anticipating. Yeah. Um, for all the planning that we try and do and and be motivational to our teams and, and whatnot and yeah, it's maybe we're we're more motivational or more inspirational at those times when we're not trying so hard. Yeah, that could be. I mean, could, being it, ourselves. Yeah, it, it's so interesting. I, I can think about this some more. But hey, let's do a couple more. We get a couple more. Any? You got a couple more? Any trash? Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Worst at least boss, we'll worst coworker, worst kind of. You know, it could be. You don't have to name names on this one. What's that one thing I, that sticks out in your memory? It's like, oh man, that was terrible. So for me, it's. It, this could this could probably apply to so many people, but it it's 
I'm thinking of one in particular. <laughs> it's when you when you feel like um, when you go to work and you feel like you've bought into something, and it turns out it's like all fake, mm. right? Then it's really untrue. I mean, to the point that you feel duped. I guess that's it. Have you ever just taken a job where you feel completely duped? And it's more, it's not even so much about the bad boss, right? Because it's more about my own inability to see it. Um, that was a hard lesson to learn as a grown up. And, and you think, you know, you think you read people, you think you know what trust looks like or <clears throat> what loyalty looks like. But so yeah, so maybe it's not a bad boss question. It's more of like, was there a moment where I realized that, that I had been duped? Yes. Yeah. And, and it was because of a bad boss, but, um, yeah, it, it's not even like one activity that I could pinpoint. So yeah, just, I guess if they're employees or colleagues or whoever, if, if someone really makes you believe they're one way and then they're not, and you're completely surprised and snowed over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's awful. But yeah. other than that, you know, normal bad boss stuff of just like, you know, you've had some that are mean or <laughs> ones that schedule you on really crappy times when you didn't, you know, I probably had some of that as I was young in my younger career days, whatever. Um, I did, I did have, um, I did have one boss. He was, it wasn't that he was a bad boss, but like, I, I just always had to cover for him. And one time we were on a call and he, he, I guess he was sick and he wouldn't tell anybody. And right in the middle of this professional call, he just started throwing up Ooh. in the back. <laughs> so, I guess my, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if that opens up the door for you at all. Because my first answer was a little serious. But yeah, so I've had a couple where <laughs> maybe bosses that don't make the best decisions too could I've be got, a bad boss. Yeah, I've got two. And one's kind of similar to the first one. The last one I said, who's kind of a good boss in his own way. I had a, yeah. er, an early job. This is an early job, but I, I'll never forget it. At the mall in the vitamin store, right? Me and a buddy. We were 16 Ooh. each. I might have been, <laughs> been my first job, as a matter of fact. And, and the, 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 the woman who was the manager of the store was, uh, you know, we thought she was this old woman. She was probably 25 or 27 or something like that. She was such a slacker. She after after she figured out that like he and I were not gonna you know steal the money out of the cash register and do anything nefarious, she basically turned over weekends to him, to me and this guy, this my my, my pal, sixteen year old each. We worked the you know whatever it was, ten to six. The mall was open on the week. I don't remember what it was, but we worked the entire weekends just the two of us with no essentially no adult supervision, none, right? Because she was just a slacker and wanted to go party or whatever it was she did in her free time. I have no idea. And I, I, looking back, it was kind of fun for us. We, you know, but that was pretty terrible. I don't think like that's a great idea in any kind of environment to just turn the keys of the store or the operation over to people who have no idea what they're doing. Which was uh, right. me and my my buddy. Not that it was that complex of a job, but you know, it was it was complex enough that we probably shouldn't have been running the whole thing. And I guess the other thing I would say is not so much about a boss or coworker specifically, but probably, and I won't name the company specifically, but I think I think the worst experiences I've had at work, there's one consistent theme through them. Whereas like you took the, the assignment for the wrong reasons, or you took the job for the wrong reason, right? Maybe, maybe it's cause it was for money. And sometimes you have to take a job because you have to, you know, live and, and earn and pay bills and put food on the table. Or there are other reasons why maybe you 
uh, you know, you have some personal situations where you can't travel or you can't relocate or something like that, and you have to take a certain job. I think anytime I've taken a job for not really the right reasons, and of course we know what the right reasons are. You're excited about right. the opportunity, challenging work, you know, uh, makes your eyes light up, like you talked about earlier, Trish. You know, all those good reasons, chance for uh, advancement and such. But if you're taking things for the wrong reasons too consistently, I think that kind of leads to a lot of that can really weigh you down over time. And I know I had a pretty long run of like just not really enjoying things. And I think it was primarily because I was there for the wrong reasons. And uh, so anyway, uh, easier said than done, of course. Right. We always there are always times in our careers where we have to do some things we don't really, really want to do. We don't really love to do. But I, I think limiting that exposure is probably the key to to real kind of happiness uh, with work. I don't know. Just uh, I've thought about that a little bit too. Makes sense. All right. got to wrap it up, Trish. Uh, real quick. Last thing from me. Uh, let's talk about our kids. Our kids are going to work real soon. What's that one wish you have for your kids w- when they get to the workforce in a few years from now? Oh, wow. You know, I think just that I hope that they each get some sort of career where they do get to travel globally. I hope that they get to see the world as part of, a work opportunity because I think, you know, traveling on your own is, is probably interesting, but being able to travel with work and truly experience different cultures from a work perspective just gives a whole different layer to it. So I hope they get to see that. What about you? I'd say the similar thing that he's able to chase the, chase the work that really excites him, gets him excited to get up in the morning, gets him excited to, to learn and explore and try new things. It could be traveling. It could be, it could be just trying new things in, in, in an environment where he's constantly challenged. Or maybe, hopefully, honestly, Trish, that you've, you know, we've both done this kind of entrepreneurial thing at different times in our careers. And, and I kind of want that for him, too, I think, at some point. Like, or maybe maybe for his whole career. I'd love to see him kind of strike out and be, be his own person and, and chart his own destiny, too. And I hope, I hope the infrastructure around him in terms of health care and benefits and social support and all these other things that, that are in the news all the time, I hope all right. those things evolve to better support folks like myself, you know, and, and maybe him too uh, in those endeavors. So I'm excited for him though. I think, I think it's a great time to be, to kind of, kind of be coming into the workforce in the next few years too. So uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. So, uh, all right. I think show with, with him or with, you know, my kids too, and, and talk to younger people who are teenagers and, and sort of see what, what their vision of the future of work looks like for them. Yeah, we should do that. Let's line up a show with some like young folks, Trish. Let's do that. Absolutely. Great. I think it'd be good. All right. Well, this is super fun. It's Labor Day weekend coming up. We'll let everybody get back to it. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Trish, you have a great time in Florida. I'm jealous. Uh, thanks, Virgin Pulse, of course. As always, check out the webinar next week and uh, subscribe to the HR Happy Hour, Apple I, uh, Podcast, Stitcher, every place you get your podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It's been a great summer for the HR Happy Hour. It's going to be a great fall in the rest of the year, too. So thank you for listening. Trish, have a great rest of the day, and we will see you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. Your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.